Hey everybody, welcome back to the Huh Podcast. We've got the whole crew here, Christian, Garrett, and myself, uh, Micah. Is also who, known as Daddy. Yeah, my, well, I mean. <laughs> the new dad on the scene. Well, uh, yeah, I mean. My name's Micah, so I'm glad to be here. Um, is it weird when people call you? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't know. It's it, I'd say it's weird because I'm not used to it, mainly. You know, it's dad. just like, I don't know. It's I also weird saying I have a son because it's like, you know, you never think you get to that point. And then it just yeah. happens. You're like, oh, well, oh. we're here. Hello, new but Anyway, so Christian, Garrett, Micah are all here. And so we are, when the bird brought you your baby, was yeah, that really cool? Yeah, it was weird. Uh, the the uh, bag that it was in, it was folded up in the four corners. Oh, that's and, sweet. You know, like the whole, the whole. Does the bird stork. drop it? and You have to catch it, or uh, it? no? They it, it, they have a propeller on it, so as it comes down, <laughs> it it spins and and you know fights the gravity a little bit and it lands softly and it's it's padded with styrofoam. Man, they're high tech now. Did you all yeah. ever? No, it was like actually, actually an Amazon drone, is what it was. That we've we've. Uh, <laughs> oh, there we go. The yeah. yeah, it's no longer. No Did you longer all actually stork. ever believe that that was how babies? No, were? I never cared <laughs> until I was old enough to understand, and then I learned. So I never cared until that, like. Someone's yeah. like, how do you think babies were? I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> you know, like, I literally, like, I don't even care. Um, I do know how, know how they're born now. I have <laughs> evidential proof of Would that. Would you so, like to give us a graphic detailing? No, nah, we're good. You don't need to know until you know. So well, um, When I was, I'm the oldest. I will say, for anyone out there, and, and, and uh, Christian and Gabby are, yeah. like, what, 30 weeks? Um, 32. 32. Oh, my gosh. Dude, you're yeah. close. So, I will say, Christian, I would I would suggest you, you get at least somewhat informed before. I thought for me it would be best to just go in totally ignorant. Yeah. And I just thought I would handle it, you know, without cuz I, I I can uh I can grasp on to to uh ideas and things and, and really it can cause me a lot of stress and anxiety just the build up of it, you yeah. know, like oh it's going to happen. So I was like maybe if I just don't know in the moment it's going to be so crazy, like I won't have time to, you know, freak out. Right. There's a lot more downtime than you would realize when you're there. Like there's a lot like it's more downtime. I mean, I say that for me. Like, there's more time between things that are happening yeah. than there is things that are happening. Well, uh, at least in my experience, someone may call or not. We don't have a phone line. But someone may <laughs> someone may be like, dude, you're a fool. You know, like, I'm just saying from my experience, there's a lot more time for me to freak out about the stuff that was going on in between. So I should have, for me, yeah. I, in hindsight, I wish I was more aware of what could happen. Yeah, I'm just, I think I'm going with the same minds yeah. that you had. And we had, I will say we had... Jenny is a labor and delivery nurse, and we had a textbook. Like, we had a picture-perfect delivery. No issues wow. the whole way through. That's awesome. Um, like, there was a couple times where it was like, ah, that doesn't really look good, and they made one adjustment, and it was fine. So, like, there, we never really had an issue that – but it was still – I mean, I had a <laughs> hard time. Jenny was way better than I was, and she was through <laughs> physical pain. She's had training. And, um yeah, I mean, it's I, not like she, she does see that, that every single day. I like cried and broke down so much at the end of it. So we got there at like seven that morning, Sunday morning, and she, the baby was born at five twenty-three in the afternoon. So ten hours is oh, like the total time gosh. that from getting there to baby is here. Uh, at like seven thirty, I went to Walmart to get Tylenol for me. My head, <laughs> my head, and I Jenny needed some Where's more some more drinks. My head was pounding so hard i mean my head was throbbing i walked into walmart and there is 100 percent fact that every single person in there thought i was either i mean just high and drunk both because like my face was like red i mean right. this was a couple hours later so i had kind of calmed down at this point but my head was hurting so bad and i was we were just exhausted because we got up at like four that morning of course, Jenny was obviously worse than I was as far as exhausted. I understand that, so don't be texting me about you had no. You know, I get it. All right, I get it. 
But, I mean, I just was, I felt like a zombie. It was, it was wild. So, uh, hey, welcome to the Hunt Podcast. Glad to be here with you. Um, we are in kind of a little mini-series on First John. Uh, looking to kind of dive back into that today, but and you uh, abruptly stop talking about. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm looking. I can see for those that don't know, because we don't do video. Although I have a friend who did podca- who does a podcast now, and they do video. And uh, I feel like we need to get into that because it's pretty cool looking. With Spotify, you can you can like yeah, switch back and I forth that. between. Like you uh, can have a video playing and then turn off the video, and it still play as uh, like a regular podcast. Oh, wow. uh, so I think we need to. Which if Spotify has that, then. Apple Podcasts will have it yeah, probably. Eventually. So what a, I was saying was you can't see, but I can see the time. Like I can see how much time. So I just for the fact that I spoke for three and a half minutes on, I feel like <laughs> it's too much. You know, I feel like people are like, All right, well, somebody somebody need that. It's probably me. Yeah. So I'm just saying, I would, I would. We did a Lamaze class, like an online one. Uh, we did like an hour of it, and it's like seven hours or something because it's broken up on into video. Uh, I would suggest I would look into that. <laughs> Doing the whole thing. All right. It was like. 30 bucks for like the, you know, it's like eight hours worth of content, but it's a video. So can like I, you can, can I get your up. login? I mean, yeah, honestly, I, like you need it that bad. I'll be more than happy to, I don't, Jenny did it. So I don't even know, what, but like we watched an hour and a half one night and I was like, all right, I need to take a break. Cause I was getting, That's gonna I was be getting me. a little, my biggest thing, I'm gonna get a little hot out. in the room. I got a little, yeah. I got a little sweaty and nervous. I know so. I'll, I'll probably pass out. So I, have to I will say, I don't, are you a passer outer? Oh, I'm a passer. Outer. Oh, you are. Oh, you yes. might then. I'm a big passer outer. Yeah. See, I'm a crier. Most people probably don't know that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a cryer. I'm a I'm a really big cryer. There was never I, my knees. I told Jenny at the end, my knees were locked during the <laughs> delivery, and I had I never felt like any like ounce of like I might pass out. Yeah. You know, like I never even I realized my legs were hurting so bad they were locked because I'd we'd sit up a lot that day. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would just say anyone out there that you, especially if it's your first kid and you don't know anything about like medical stuff at all, like me, I, I would know. I would urge you to look into it a little bit. I think it it's probably best and yeah. even if you turns out you didn't need to it's kind of like a band it's, it's better it, yeah. to have it you know <laughs> it's probably good for me it's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it That's so true. um and uh so now i'll be ready any other time we have a kid i'll <laughs> the next, have an idea and it'll be totally nine different. kids yeah we well, yeah. got it easy now um yeah we're not all senior pastors and can afford nine kids <laughs> christian how's your life going man man it's been awesome uh it has been a good first week of senior pastor and yeah tell the people i mean so for the people that don't know christian is now the senior pastor of his church that he was formerly the youth pastor at so yeah so congratulations uh, thanks i appreciate it i mean it's so you're buying lunch and i got you that's the good thing is i'm I'm here with two senior ministers so like they're always gonna have to buy lunch so do i have to act different now on the podcast do i need to you gotta start you gotta start just using some big words do i need to act intellectual now you just got to talk more about your theology studies and masters that's Uh the only thing you know (laughs) Uh, I can. Hey. I just talk about games. I did finish my master's this week. Oh, did you? Yeah. So you have your I'm master's. Done, though, yeah. You're done. Congrats. Done. I mean, you're the smartest person in the room by uh, uh, degrees. So barely. Because Garrett's not done. Yet, so. How does it feel? Me and Garrett, Garrett are probably tied. How does he's it feel, doing Garrett, to be MD. on the same level as me right now? <laughs> I mean, that's pretty low. I will say that's. I mean, you're you're down here in the in the dungeon here with me. So. How long you got another semester? I finish at the in, in in the spring with my masters. And all right, then I'll so start my PhD after that. Not long, not long, and you'll be up with Christian again, and I'll just be all done here by myself. So, I like it. It's it's warm and cozy down here. Uh, so. My wife saw a picture of you up with your laptop holding the baby. Yeah, and she says, "Is, is Micah going back to school?" She thought you were studying and no. doing homework. I was working from home that afternoon. <laughs> um, 
yeah, we had just like a couple appointments and stuff that I had to be around for. So, um, but yeah, it's good stuff. So I appreciate those that are listening that knew me or knew my situation. Uh, thanks for the support and prayers that, that, uh, we really appreciated them and, and they were answered because we got a healthy little one that, um, actually d- does pretty good sleeping. So oh, praise uh, the Lord. We're, we're doing good. So a lot of good stuff going on. Garrett, anything new in your life or you're just same old boring Garrett? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, yeah just, just same old boring Garrett. <laughs> how many uh you made up <laughs> we won't go there um we're eight and a half minutes in and how many stories really, have i made up i was gonna say saying. how's your uh, alternate universe and we moved out? we sold our house that's that's oh yeah big. that's true yeah. That's, that's true, true. Yeah. that's been a, it's been a few weeks i guess and we just haven't mentioned it but it's been well i mean that's one one that you were in process of of doing it but i mean oh yeah yeah but we finally sold and signed the papers and all that good stuff moved into was it more fun to close or to buy like to, uh, sorry, at closing was it more fun it was to be more the seller or the buyer? To be the buyer, because really, you that, sign a lot less papers as a seller, don't you? Oh yeah, we we signed four, three papers as the seller and got a buyer check signs and four left. million. But <laughs> it was it was I thought it was going to be a lot. Like I thought we'd get that check and be like, man, this is awesome. But at the same time, like that was our first home, yeah, and that was like where we started our yeah. marriage. Like we never really lived. I think for like. Two weeks we lived in an yeah, apartment. Yeah, it wasn't long. Yeah. So, like that, it, that's that was a lot harder than we expected it to be. Really? But, huh. That's interesting. Yeah. Did you cry? No, <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen Garrett cry. I'll throw I would say I don't think I. Uh, although I feel like I want to like inflict some some pain on him to see if just we to can, see. You know, I don't know if his his tear ducts work or not, but <laughs> we can try it. Um, yeah, I've never. I don't think I've ever seen him cry. Get the uh, onions. I mean, he struck out a lot in college, so I feel like in baseball, you know, that, that would cause some... T- no, but he kidding. hit it in. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, fun fact, whenever I face a Garrett in practice, I think he hit me like four of the five times I faced him. So, And he never <laughs> hit purpose. anybody. He, for some reason, just couldn't... I think maybe I was just... I, I think he had a tendency to have your elbow hovering over no. the plate. <laughs> I think I was just so wide that I just took up part of the home plate. Uh, you know, fully in the box, but also you know, kind of over the plate. Um no, I did. Uh, I did crowd the plate. I wasn't gonna give him any of that. Anyway, so First John uh, chapter three. Uh, looking forward to kind of getting into uh, the discussion about this um, this chapter and these passages. Um, so yeah, really got to start with verse twenty eight of chapter two because that that section of chapter two, starting in verse twenty eight, no, ties that's in chapter into, two. We're not doing that. Okay, today. well, it ties in uh, <laughs> into that first section um, up through. Verse ten of chapter three, but if we if you remember from last time we were we were kind of unpacking, um, just the the divinity of Jesus. John has this high Christology, as it's called, where he ardently believes that Jesus is God, and as a result of that, um, we we our actions should prove that belief of of Jesus's. Uh, divinity um, and and we we the way we behave is proof that we are serving the Christ that we are serving um, the living God that he is light um, that has come to oppose the darkness and that we are to remain in the light and then he kind of builds on that more now um, in this starting section here at the end of chapter 2 in verses 28 and 29 um, he he uh, writes this verse where he says, "So now, little children," and I, I just I think it's so interesting how John repeatedly uses this terminology, calling people little children, um, and it's not meant to 
to say that he's writing to kids, but to say that, listen, you are young in your faith, and there's some things that you really need to understand. So he's basically calling this letter as foundational. Like, these are foundational truths that you need to understand if you want to grow up in in the way of, of God. And he says, so now little children remain in him, so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. And and that verse there, uh, it, it's most to, meant to elicit a common theme within Greco-Roman society of the day, where there was this this honor and shame culture, where you basically behaved well in order to receive honor, and just as like this onerous thing. And if you didn't, you were shamed. There, you you didn't you didn't live ethically and and morally because God told you to necessarily, but because it was a cultural motivation. And that was a big piece of the 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 punishment of crucifixion too that we often yeah. don't talk about. We always dwell on the physical punishment and the spiritual punishment of him taking mm-hmm. on the sins of the world. But it's, there was also a level of shame. extreme shame yeah. on. Uh, you know his nakedness and in his being put on this pedestal in a weak form. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. The, it was a very common trend and, and something that if you if we don't understand, there's scriptures yeah. that would kind of and the shame miss the point. didn't just bring shame to you to it the was family, a family yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and for like even generations, there was kind of a generational right. thing with it. Yeah, for sure. So he's appealing to that kind of culture of, of honor and shame, and he's saying, you know, let's remain in him so that we don't find shame. You know, it, it's not about necessarily doing this to honor ourselves but because we want to have confidence in him and not be ashamed when he returns that we can confidently say that we remain in him and then he says if and this is a really key uh, ver a really key word that he places there he says if you know that he is righteous you know this as well everyone who does what is right has been born of him. Mm. And so that all connects together in saying that by knowing the characteristic of God, by knowing that he is um, holy and righteous, and by knowing that he is light, and by knowing that we remain in his light, then we also know that we are... Um, to do right because we are born of him. And, and that word if is, in the Greek, That the word that's used there is introducing a, a clause that is, it, it, it's called an if-then clause, where the if states one thing, and because of the one thing, something else is the result. So he's saying, if we know that he is righteous, then as a result, we have to live like we know that he is righteous, like we are righteous as a result of his righteousness, yeah. which is really important. There, you also, you're talking about the children. I think a, a piece of why he calls them children, it's it's a, a claim to an identity. And he is telling his audience, his whoever he's talking to specifically, that they are children of the Father. He also uses that term Father a lot for God. Yeah. And so I think there's a form of, of he is showing an identity, like you are dear children because he is a good Father. Um, and that's is you know, and he goes on, and that's actually what he says in verse 3, how great, uh, in chapter 3, verse 1, how great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we are called children of God. Mm-hmm. And so I think, like Garrett said, there is an emphasis on, 
calling them children as in the stage of their life. You know, you're an infant, so to speak. You're a child in your faith. It's new. This Jesus guy is new. He's not been gone long. You know, what his time on earth wasn't that long ago. Um, and he's saying it's all different. We're all children because our faith has totally changed. Right. And so it's all it's new to all of us. But also, you are a child of, of him. Like, he is our father. And so it's an identity as well as, as a kind of a role. It is... Uh, you're, it's both. You know, you are a child, but you also, that's your identity. Yeah, and it's important to understand this. Uh, J.I. Packer, uh, this, this is a quote he has about this verse and about the concept of... How, how, do, you, what's, how do you spell the first name? Is that, it's just J.I. The initials. initials yep. Okay. Uh, okay. J.I. Packer, he went on to be with the Lord, I think, two years ago. Okay. A great theologian who wrote Knowing God. Yeah. Um, very popular Christian book. And here's what he says. He, he says, if you want to judge how well a person understands Christianity, uh, so if you want to see how well you understand the Christian faith, he says, find out how much he makes of the thought of being God's child mm. and having God as his father. So Packer goes on, he says, look, if you want to truly understand Christianity, you have to understand uh, the idea of being a child of God, and you have to understand uh, the idea of what it means that he is our father. And that's important. You know, we see in the Lord's Prayer, we're praying to our father, the way Jesus teaches us to pray. And uh, it's an important concept for us. And Um, and it connects back to that shame thing. I mean, how, how many of us would say, I can't wait to bring shame to my parents. I yeah. can't wait for people to go up to my parents I think and say... I, I feel like I said that in high school. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm probably gonna, times where I was like... I make yeah. my parents look bad. I can't like, wait I can to do, make my parents look bad. Yeah, I can do one of these two things. One will bring shame. Yeah, I'm doing that. You know, like immediately. And then they That's, told you they're disappointed in you. And then I was like... And then oh. you're like, dang it, I didn't and like And then that. I did it again. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think there are times... There, there are... When, when you don't have a respect for your parents, when you don't have a love or care for your parents, you're not really going to care if you bring shame to them. But what John is saying here is, you know, if we know God, and if we know Christ, and if we claim these things, then clearly we claim to love God and love Christ and and deeply respect Him. So if that's the case, then and we don't want to bring shame to Him because of our love for Him, then we live righteously. Yeah. And I think it's too, we, we need to look at the idea of, you know, Garrett mentioned earlier, uh, the term child of God, and several times John uses now little children, or here in chapter 3, or chapter three we see he uses God's children, and, and he calls us children of God. Uh, we need to know something important that, uh, and I know this might not be everyone's mindset uh, as far as a worldly mindset, but, but when it comes to the term child of God, uh, we have to break down not everybody is a child of God. And some people might say, well, Christian, that's wrong. Everyone's a child of God. Mm. We're all created by God, but not everyone's a child of God. So when John is saying little children, when he's saying um, a child of God, when he's using these phrases, uh, it's important to know that also not in First John, but in the Gospel of John, uh, chapter 1, uh, verse 11, it says this. It says, he came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. Receive him. In verse 12, says, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, so John, he gives us the definition of, uh, of who are children of God, and it's those who believe in the name of Jesus, those who have been uh, born again and have put their trust uh, in Jesus Christ. Yeah. And that's what he's saying there as he continues in verse 3, or in verse 1 there, what it, you know, see what great love the Father has given us, that we should be called God's children. Mm-hmm. You know, it, and out of that love... We respond by living righteously, 
not necessarily because we don't want to bring shame to ourselves, but because we know that we are serving and living in light of a righteous God, and we don't want to bring shame to Him. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to bring shame to His name. Um, and it's not to say that John is not saying here that when we don't live righteously, we are living, uh, we we are um, negating grace. Mm. That 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 our works bring us salvation. But he's saying because of the grace that we have received, because of our profession of belief in Christ, we live righteously because we want to honor what he's done for us. And, th- and that's the important um, point that is being made here. Yeah. Uh, he, he goes on in, in verse uh, 3. Let me see. Actually, verse 2. Uh, he goes on to talk about an important concept. Uh, and in verse 2 he says, Beloved, we are God's children now. And then he says this, and he says, What we will be has not appeared. And it's an important idea of who we are as Christians, as children of God, um, what we are going to become as children of God. Uh, and here he's mentioning the idea of our glorified bodies, that that when Christ comes back and, and he gathers his Christians, the idea that that we're going to have bodies, and I can't wait for this day. And I know a lot of people have uh, different speculations about what heaven looks like and uh, what the new earth will be. Uh, but we do know this is we're going to have a new body, uh, and there's going to be a new earth. Uh, and we're promise that in scripture and i just think of the idea uh, that john is giving here in verse two he says we where did he say oh and he says and what we will be has not yet appeared but we know that when he appears when jesus comes back we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is and i just think that's a beautiful thing the idea of the comeback of christ that uh we're not yet what we're gonna be uh, but when he comes back and we're able to see him uh, and we're able to now have a new glorified body kind of the same body that you know i think about his resurrection uh jesus comes back in in a glorified body uh, and uh, we're going to have I, I believe that there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth that we get to enjoy do i know every detail about that nobody does that's doctorate when you get doctorate exactly yeah maybe you get a doctorate you can <laughs> but I think, I think that's when you do that in, in PhD. right but i am excited i'm excited for my glorified body and it gives us as children of god we have something to look forward to a, mm. a body with no more pain or or, or or a body with no more cancer or no more yeah. covid or whatever it yeah. might be and i look forward uh, to that day of receiving that glorified you know body. you're talking about we don't really know what it's going to look like uh, and it talks about seeing seeing are you about um, to sing i can only imagine I can only imagine. <laughs> uh, I've cried to that song before too. Uh, but when he, you talking about what, when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. So yeah, we. I mean, it's. I don't. I don't know if people know, but I, I don't really think God has a foot or like an ankle. I mean, he is spirit. He is invisible. Yeah. So. so in in scripture, it's you know big word, big word alert. <laughs> Anthropomorphism. Anthropomorphism. Yeah. Hey, uh, we hadn't said that. And I'll be honest, that's the one probably the only the word that I ever use because that's the only big word from college I remember. So I like to use that one and you know feel like good yeah, word. I went to Bible college. I know about anthropomorphisms. <laughs> but that's when they a writer the writer would put generally put something of a human or an animal onto something that doesn't have those qualities. In this mm-hmm. specific specific case putting human-like characteristics on God who does not have a physical body. And there's a reason for it. Because, like, for example, when it says that God was walking in the garden um, when Adam and Eve were were in the Garden of Eden, Mm. um, that wasn't necessarily a way to say 
God was wearing a human body at that point. It was a way to say that God was living directly among them in whatever shape and form in a way that they knew that God was there. So So do you think what I was getting to was if he doesn't have like a body and we're going to see him like he is, I mean, do you feel like it's like, you know, Oz from... Uh, you know, Dorothy movie. I've never watched that. Yeah. Uh, that I know of. What is Oz? Like the floating head. Oh. I think it's going to... Just me, no. Just, the no. only glimpse we get, really, is from the Transfiguration when, you know, Peter, James, and John, as they were up there, they didn't even tell anybody about the Transfiguration for years because it was so amazing to them that words could not describe it. Yeah. And then finally, they just kind of well, and you explained get the, it as the best Moses they could. story. You know, you know, you've, we've talked about. I don't know if we talk about it here, but me and you have talked about it at least. Uh, you know, that Moses just gets a glimpse of, the of God through the crack, and his face comes down. And he's glowing, and like yeah. the people can't even look at him. So, so yeah, you do get. We don't really have an idea of like specific characteristics, but we know it's magnificent. And, um, and I think among, that there's an important point that needs to be said too. That there's this kind of tendency to to have what is actually called platonic dualism. Do we have an air horn sound we can put in? PhD. There's, oh. your, <laughs> there's your Hellenistic term for the day. So Plato. Oh, Hellenistic. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, headphone listeners. We just blew your ears out. <laughs> so uh, Plato, the the Greek philosopher. I love Plato. You can make all. Love the smell sorry. of it. Pla- pla- okay, sorry. With a T. With a T. Got it. Um, he believed that the spirit was bad, or the spirit was good, and the body was bad. Mm. Um, it's this dualistic yeah. view. Separate. Now the thing is, there's a lot of Christians that believe the same thing. That believe that the Bible teaches that the spirit is good and the body is evil. And they take you know passages with Paul talking about the flesh versus mm. the spirit to to make that point. But Paul's not saying the flesh as in the bodily flesh. He's using the flesh as in in order to s- describe the fleshly spirit of the world, the spirit that has wrecked humanity because of sin versus the spirit of God that is righteous. He's not necessarily saying the spirit of God versus the mortal body of man. Yeah. Um, you know, our, our physical bodies were created by God and called good. We corrupted the nature of, of humanity, um, not necessarily the nature of creation. But the point that's being made here, and, and so because of that, what, pe- what a lot of Christians don't realize is anytime they say that the body is evil, they're, actually, they're not really quoting Scripture, they're quoting Plato, um, mm. which predates Scripture, or at least the New and Testament Scripture. Plato doesn't talk, so how could... Oh, Plato <laughs> with a T. Sorry, um, I mean... The, and what ends up happening is we kind of have this tendency to believe then, well, when we come into eternity, we won't have bodies mm. uh, because bodies are evil. But that's not at we all also a Christian re- view. If if you do struggle with like, like I don't know, I, Paul does say, uh, just to God created our bodies and they're made in His image. Mm-hmm. So I mean, Je- Jesus had a body. Exactly. There's an immediate flaw in that argument because yeah. God God created. I mean, if you believe in Genesis one. You, it would be hard to believe in platonic dualism, I would think, because if you believe that God made the body and you believe that God said it was good, that creation was very good, then it would be hard to imagine that he would then say the body's bad yeah, or yeah. that the body would be bad. The, the acts of the body can be sinful and that sin can separate us from God and did separate us from God. Therefore, as like you said, the the law of the spirit and the law of the flesh, as as Paul talks about, it's not 
that's literally just the physical like skin on the mm-hmm. body, but it's what that body does and how it falls away from God. So let's read uh, through a couple verses here, uh, four through or three through ten. We've talked about one and two, and I'll read through that, and then you guys explain because I'll be out of breath from reading. So, uh, <laughs> and those of you that maybe. Mike is going to be doing push-ups I while he like, reads. I feel like that wasn't really even a joke. Like, I was just like, this is real life, guys. I mean, Take your time. It's called time. being a dad. All of a sudden, you Are just, you excited to start wearing New Balances? I, well, I, I mean, can't wait. Hey, I, New Balances I, are goat. I told I Isabella that I was Jack Harlow wears them. They're cool. Yeah. I, if you, I'll wear new the balances. socks with your face on them then if, yeah. if we get... <laughs> I really right. wanted to buy you a pair of those uh, New Balances to give you... Kind like, of expensive, though, bro. Dad's got expensive taste. Bro, I got a pair. You do? Yep. I got the OG ones. Oh, yeah? The gray. I, mean, I want the, uh, uh, what's the other brand of dad shoes? There's the Nike, New Balance. You have the Nike. Yeah, like, the Nike. Nike uh, Monarchs. Monarchs, yeah. Air Monarchs. Hey. That's what my father-in-law wears. I mean, full, full <laughs> dad a, mode. That is full dad He's got, dad. I mean, think about it this way. He's got Air Monarchs mowing shoes. And he's got air oh, like that's that. Well, that's, it, they get downgraded. So, like, when your mowing yeah. shoes fall apart to the point that... You can't moan them anymore. Don't what? Your nice ones uh, become yeah, exactly. your moan you shoes. Get new ones. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so verse 3. <laughs> Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins. And in him is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. Dear children, do not let anyone... There's the dear children again. Do not let anyone lead you astray. He who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. No one who is born of God will continue to sin, because God's seed remains in him. He cannot go on sinning, because he has been born of God. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God, nor is anyone who does not love his brother. <sighs> Good job, Micah. I think an important point to make is uh, I, <clears throat> there are, um, so right now there's this tendency within what I would call your widespread preachers like you know we don't necessarily have televangelists now but we have like facebook evangelists or yeah. like the ones that like are youtube evangelists yeah. YouTube um, and so you have prosperity gospel that's clear prosperity gospel that you you will hear all the time right. you know you got to give in order to receive yep. stuff like, like that. what they preach at freedom christian yeah, <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> bro how did i not even think about that i didn't even like that is an option. I am amazed. Just well, kidding. Just kidding. Well done, Christian. Well, that's just when the youth went. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so you have prosperity gospel where you hear what you you get what you receive. So if you, if you give enough money to me, God's going to give you blessings. Swiss preacher. Um, no. God wants you to have um, a private jet. Yeah. Kenneth but then on the other side, there's also this this movement towards. Uh, towards ultra piety meaning when you become a Christian that means you're never going to sin again Um, if you all have ever heard if you've heard of um, 
who's that preacher with Todd long, White? Todd White. He preaches this a lot now. Preacher with the what? Dreadlocks. I, I oh. can't think of what his name. Uh, Todd White. He um he. You'll hear him say, "When we become Christians, we become little gods, incapable of sin, or, or like we just." And he he said, "Like I've never even, never even lusted since I became a Christian." Like he'll he'll make comments like that. Well, they'll use scripture like this to to make that point where it says, everyone who remains in him does not sin. Everyone who sins has not seen or know him. But that's that's not necessarily what what John is getting at here. He's he's not making the point that um that that when we become a Christian, we don't ever sin ever again. But he's making this point to say that when we become a Christian, we are effectively following the God of righteousness, that we are making this this choice, this proclamation that we are not following the ways of the world, that we are, uh, we are aligning ourselves with the righteousness of God um, over the, the sin nature uh, of the world. Um, it's not necessarily, I mean, for to take this passage to mean that when you become a Christian, you no longer live in sin. That's in direct contradiction with with what John just said yeah. in chapter mm-hmm. one, or with what Paul says in Romans. Right. You know, sin all have fallen short of the glory of God and are, are full of yeah. sin. But when we align ourselves with Christ and we say we want Him to remain in me, and I want to remain in Him, um, we know that because of Jesus's sinless nature, that is atoning for us we are now living in that nature of sinlessness Mm. even though our human nature is still a part of this world in first john chapter two we went over this last week that i mean first john chapter two he clearly says i'm writing so that you do not sin but if you do sin he recognizes that that his people the people he's writing to he recognizes, hey i don't want you to sin like that's the goal but if you do, or in other words, when you do, um, we are still going to fall short. The goal is, though, is a continuous sinning. Uh, and in chapter 3, we see the idea uh, in First John chapter 3 of what Micah just read. Uh, he says, everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. He says, you know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. You know that he appeared in order to take—I just read that. Lost my page. Oh, there we go. Uh, no one. There he goes. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen or known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous, and as he is righteous, whoever makes the practice of sinning is of the devil. Uh, so, so we have two things here. We have one. We've talked about you're a child of God if you put your trust in Him. Uh, that if you fully committed to Him, uh, that if you've believed in Him, you are a child of God. But there is a second option, and there's only two options. You're either a child of God or you're a child of the devil. And those who are a child, um, you can tell a difference. It is Sometimes it's harder because people put on a front or might put on a mask and kind mm. of hide the way they're truly living their life. But you can honestly tell if someone makes a clear, yes, we're going to sin. But if you can tell someone's making a clear practice of sinning, that yeah. they... They are seek trying to sin, or they seek the it out, desire. or they have this desire to do that. You can obviously see that they are not a child of God. Children of God, are we going to continue to struggle in sin? 
heck to the yes until we have our glorified bodies. You might even say a wordy dirt when you step, you know, step your toe. Yeah, you probably will. Uh, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna mess up. You're gonna fall short. But but there's a difference in in sinning, occasional sin, messing up, falling short of God's glory. Sin. And yes, this continuous uh, th- those who continue to sin, obviously, they have no desire to be holy. They have no desire uh, to live the way of God. Mm. And, and people worry like, oh my gosh. Uh, I've sinned, I've messed up, I'm struggling. Does that mean if you have that desire, what I found mostly is that talking with people, you can tell when people have that desire to do what is good. Mm -hmm. They might struggle, but God is continuing to sanctify them and and, and bring them uh, to completion where they need to be. And John is writing this to the same type of audience that Paul wrote Romans to, where there's this kind of awareness that Jesus is... um, Jesus atoning sacrifices about grace and out of that awareness there were there were people in the church that believed in Jesus that said well because grace abounds then I can sin all the more yeah. and and grace will just continue to abound and in John in his way you know P- Paul wrote about this in his way in, in Romans and now John is attacking this as well and saying no when we become in Christ we 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 aren't to sin. We don't sin. We anyone who remains in Him does not sin, um, or or else we don't even know Him because mm. we know that He is righteous. We know that He is sinless. So, and I, He's not saying that you'll never be tempted. You'll never de- desire to sin. You'll never fall short and, yeah. and and mess up. But He's saying that if you truly remain in Him, you won't seek out perpetual right. sin. You won't seek out. That cyclical cycle of sin. Right. And so uh, I'll uh, kind of read this last portion of John 3 and First uh, John 3, and we'll uh, kind of wrap it up with, with this little section here. Uh, starting in verse 11, if you're following along and reading with us, this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, my brothers, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love our brothers. Anyone, uh, anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life in him. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need, but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. This then is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. Whenever our hearts condemn us, for God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Dear friends, if our hearts do, uh, do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we obey his commands and do what pleases him. And this is his command to believe in the name of, of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. Those who obey his commands live in him, and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. What do you, uh, what do you think about the reference to Cain there? Uh, um, well, I mean, I, what do you mean? What do I think? I mean, I don't know. Like he's murdered his brother. I don't. I mean, but I, I don't. I, I just Cain's just kind of an enigma to me. I don't I, he, because. You have um, that passage in Genesis where it says that um, God marked Cain so that no one could kill him. Yeah. Um, you know, there's just, and then he just kind of drops off. Yeah. And then, and well, that's then you true. Have, like, yeah. I mean, 
It is kind of an like interesting a, reference, you know. It's like a this is a a, a deep callback. I yeah. mean, this is to um, the beginning. And you know, I think that the reason John is referencing it is because you kind of have this first Cain was kind of the first person where his actions were driven um, through an ulterior motive of evil mm. um, that that wasn't necessarily driven by righteousness. Yeah. Um, he's the first recorded person to have to have been driven from evil, and and so he's referencing. You know, um, you you have Cain who who had this this action that he did the, the, these deeds um, that were unrighteous um, simply because. Uh, of the desire he had um whereas through jesus we are to be living um contrary to to the to the spirit of evil that the world has um has within them yeah and i like this uh, i really like this passage um because uh i mean john kind of describes in a few different ways what what loving one another looks like uh, you know uh, you know, very, very beginning of that verse 11. This is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. And then from that, he goes on, don't be like Cain. Like you said, don't mm-hmm. murder your brother. Uh, and that it, that would extend to, um, not just like your literal physical brother, like Cain was, but, but your brother and uh, humanity. Um, uh, don't be surprised if the world hates you. You know, we have been passed from death to life because we love our brothers. Anyone who does not love remains in death, and even hate is is like murder. So, uh, and then he goes on and, and he says, you know, Jesus laid his life down for us. And I like verse 17. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? And I think this verse, man, I feel like we should all like paint this on our foreheads. Um, I just feel like, we live in a world, especially in a society where it's kind of a get yours, um, you know, get get what you feel like you deserve no matter what, you know, no matter who it might hurt or, you know, we what we call the uh, uh, American dream, so yeah. to speak. Uh, and we, in this country especially, but in the, our world even, uh, in other places, that we, we encourage that, you know. We encourage kids to go to college. And why do we encourage? Well, yeah, get a degree so that you can go and do a job where you make a lot of money, in theory. Um, that's like All the, of our actions that we encourage right, people to do are exactly, based off of exactly. worldly. And we see in throughout Scripture constantly this idea of Christians are supposed to be generous. Mm. And I think one could even make, you know, Christians are, we should be known by our love. Like, we should be known, I mean, that's, you know, Scripture tells us that. We should be known, we're known as disciples because of our love. And a big way of, of showing love, of true, like, Jesus love, is generosity. Maybe it's not just, it's, yeah. pro- it's not just financial generosity, but that's a big piece of it, you know. And I love that, that statement that he says right there in 17, man, if you if we have material possessions, see our brother in need, but no have no pity, how can the love of God be in him? How can they how can you claim that the love of God is in you, man, if you can't be generous in in what John's talking about in this spot, spot specifically, material, just with material possessions. And then it hits home with me. For well, sure. I think even going a little further, he says, and out of this love that we're supposed to have, let's not let it be just yeah. a, a a love of love from word or speech yeah. meaning it's not just about saying oh i love you or hope you're doing okay yeah, hope you're doing it yeah. i'm gonna you know check and hope th- things get better for yeah, you yeah but in action and yeah. truth we prove our love through 
action. Uh, I, I think back to this quote that we've used a lot from Francis of Assisi, where he he says, preach the gospel if necessary, use yeah. words. Yeah. Meaning like our our actions should prove our belief. Our, our actions should prove that we believe in the righteous Christ that came to save us, and we want to imitate him, that, that we want to love others, that we want to, yeah. that we, we love you with our actions. Jesus even says, don't let your left hand know what your right is doing. And, and what I mean to, to quote that is, it's not always about words. You know, it's not always about saying, like, oh, you know, doing it, and not even necessarily talking about it. Of course, that passage is talking more about the, the privacy of it and not getting gain mm-hmm. for yourself and, and pride in what you did but even that element of doing it like there's an yeah. emphasis on doing it and not just talking about or saying hey how are you you know love you hope you're doing okay but genuinely doing it. And i know one of my friends has uh, had a lot of friends who have been sick in the in the hospital with covid and other things and he can't really go visit so he's been i know he has sent them money to Uber food there. And he's just like, cause hospital food sucks. And he's like, so I can't do anything else. So I just give them 50 bucks for their couple days mm-hmm. stay. And so that they can get something decent to eat. Uh, and so even just things like that, like, you well, know, how he, easy would it be to text say, Oh man, hope you feel better. Yeah. But and instead, you know, he can't do anything. Can't heal. You know, he can't just go in there and start giving them IVs. And yeah. stuff. so he does what he can do. Well, and, and John says, this is how we know that we belong to the truth. Yeah. Like, this is how we know that we belong to the way. This is how we know that we belong. You know, you're questioning whether or not you are a part of the gospel, the the, the grace of, of Christ. Well, what are you doing to show that you love people? What yeah. are you doing? What What is your heart? How does your heart ache for people so much so that you want to that go out? That you have to do it. That yeah. you have to do something for them. Yeah. Um, that is how we know that we belong. And, and, and he says here in verse 19... Um, this is how we know that we belong to the truth, and we will reassure our hearts before him mm. whenever our hearts condemn us, for God is greater than our hearts, and he knows all things. So he's yeah. saying, you know, we prove that we are a part of this new life in Christ because our hearts won't wouldn't betray us. Right. If we're a part of this new life, then we are going to love actionably, not just simply... Um, through words or hollow speech. Yeah. And John, as he kind of wraps this section, as we kind of wrap this podcast here the next minute or so, um, he says in verse 23, this is his command. This is like the culmination of what he's saying about loving one another. This is his command. This is Jesus' command. To believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. And he goes on, he says, those who obey his commands live in him, and he in them, and this is how we know that he lives in us by the spirit he gave us. And and like you like you were saying, like we've been saying, the difference of a children a child of God and a child of the devil. John is saying by our love, you know. I mean, the the greatest way is by our love, and and yeah. Jesus gives us that with the the commandments. They're both centered on love. Love love the Lord your God with your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Well, think about Cain if he had truly loved his brother and truly loved God. He would have had no desire to murder out yeah. of jealousy or to murder out of making himself seem better. I, yeah, I've heard the Ten Commandments described as all of them have to do with love. Yeah. Several of them, what I think it's six and four. Six are a direct love for people. So like honor your mother and father. If you're not honoring them, you're not loving them. And then you know don't have idols. Mm-hmm. That would be not loving God. So all of them are surrounded by this idea of love. And that's exactly why Jesus says, you know, what, what are the what's the greatest commandment? They try to trap him, and he's like. 
love the Lord your God with their heart, soul, and mind, and love other people. If you're yeah. doing those, you're completing the commandments yeah. because you're not going to be stealing, you're not going to be lying, you're not going to be coveting. So, um, yeah, it's good stuff, man. John, uh, smart fella. Got to follow a smart dude, too, I think. So, uh, glad to be here with you today. Glad to kind of walk through First John chapter 3. In case uh, you were him. wondering, Christian had to leave. Yeah, he's a senior minister now, man. He's got he's got stuff to do. He's got yeah, strict time constraints. Um, Garrett just doesn't do anything. Doesn't no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, glad uh, that you were listening in today. Um, thankful for the conversations we get to have. Uh, Garrett, we want to close in prayer? Yeah. Father God, thank you for the love that you hold for us. And God, I ask that as we are studying your word, it is eliciting realizations in us that that we show our love for you by the actionable way we love others. God, I pray that we earnestly desire to be righteous as you are righteous, and that that our desire for good works and righteousness is in simply an outpouring of the awareness that you love us and have grace and have paid the price that we deserved to pay. Um, and God, I just, we're so thankful that you've paid that price. So thankful, thank you for your son and for his spirit that's upon us. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. <laughs>